Let's give Jesus praise in church this morning. Come on. Amen. God bless you, Rock family. I want to welcome you to the Rock Church. My name is Travis. I'm the campus pastor of the location I'm standing in right now at Point Loma. But I do want to welcome all of our locations because we're one church with locations all throughout the county. So what's up, microsites? What's up, online church, campuses throughout San Diego and right here in Point Loma? Let's welcome one another, church. Come on. Let's be a big family. Act like we love each other. Today, we are ending a, a mini-series entitled More. Somebody shout more. more. Campuses shout more. more. Yeah, we, we, we want more from the Lord, not less. We believe that God has called us to more, not just to hold possessions, but to live a lifestyle of more faith, uh, uh, more blessings, more purpose, more Jesus. And we're hanging this series under Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. It's kind of our anchor verse, which we're reminded that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, think, or imagine according to his power that is at work in us. To him be the glory in the church through Christ Jesus. And so we started out week one with created for more. We found out, man, it's, just, it's not just more. We're created for that. Week two was called to more. There is somebody doing the calling. It's God. He has called you to that lifestyle. And then today we have what's called a four by seven. Four leaders getting seven minutes each, preaching the word, bringing power, bringing fire, and they're tackling the word commission for more. Everybody say commissioned. commissioned. That's a powerful word. It's an authoritative charge is what that means. And God has commissioned every single one of you and you and you and you and me for more commission for it. And so we're going to have uh, a different leader come up here in just a second. I'm going to pray for us and we'll get started. I want you to bow your heads and we'll welcome them to the stage. Lord Jesus, we say thank you so much that you're good and faithful. We bless you now. We, we pray that you would encourage us through your words with your, the wisdom that the leaders are about to bring up. Uh, we ask that your word would transform us, that we would become more and more like your son Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Everybody said... Amen. Would you put your hands together and welcome Allie from our Point Loma campus. Come on. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, family. How are we doing this morning? We good? My name is Allison. I happen to be the youth director here for the Point Loma campus. They're here to my left. My friends and family call me Allie, so if you ever see me around the campus, feel free to say Allie and call me Allie too, but just know this, once you say that, you're stuck with me for life, and we family for life, amen? Let me tell you guys a quick story about me. My first year of high school, I attended my first assembly, so for all my seasoned folks, assembly is a pep rally where kids get hyped for their school. So I'm walking in there, and I sit down, and there's a guy that's sitting in the center, and he calls the assembly to order. And as he was talking, he was sharing all of his ideas and his plans for the year. And as he was speaking, I said, you know what? I want to be that guy one day without even knowing his responsibility. So I went home and did what Ali does. I put together a plan, and I decided that, hey, when I get back to school the next day, I'm going to sit down with our principal to let her know what I was going to do in three years. So the next day comes, and I march into her office, and I sit down, and I tell her all of my plans, and I say, hey, in three years, I'm going to be the president of the school. And she looked at me. She should have looked at me crazy, but she didn't. She actually stood up and said, you know, Allison, I look forward to you being our president in three years from now. I'll see you then. And in that moment, oh, there's more to clap for later. Hold on now. <laughs> in that moment, 
she was speaking not to who she saw in front of her, but who she believed I could be. Isn't that amazing how God can do the very same thing for us? He is constantly speaking to the more of who we are, but we're constantly letting the lies of who we see in front of the mirror be the truth. And I believe that God is asking for every single person here in this room to step into that more, not for the betterment of yourself, but for the betterment for those who come after you. So in doing that, he wants you to think of three things. As you step into your more, I want you to think about these three points. Number one, in you finding your more, you must change your focus. Number two, you must live with the future in mind. And lastly, you must be a person who speaks to the more in others. All right, now let's hop into word. Everyone turn to Joel, the book of Joel, chapter one, verse two through three. I kept it real short, you're welcome. And if you aren't there yet, you know, don't say amen. Just, you know, say, I need some more time. But please turn there with me. And if you haven't found it, it'll be there on the screen. And it reads this, Joel chapter 1, verses 2 to 3. It says, hear this, you elders. So pretty much everyone in here should be listening right now. <laughs> Give ear, all inhabitants of the land. Has such a thing happened in your days or in the days of your fathers? Tell your children of it. And let your children tell their children and their children to another generation. In the message, the last passage reads, don't let this message die out. As I was reading over this in my private time, all I kept thinking was, man, what is the next generation going to pass down from the things that I've said? And as you're listening here today, I want to encourage you. What is the next generation going to say about your yes? What is the generation going to say about you being obedient to the Lord? Now, to give you guys some quick context, in Joel chapter 1, the Israelites are going through it. Got the locusts just devouring their land. They're tripping. Everyone's losing their mind. And then later on in the chapter, it brings them all to repentance. But the story doesn't stop there. In chapter 2, God hears the cries of his people and he promises them that he will restore their land. Now imagine if the Israelites had stopped where they were, then the story that would have been passed down from the generations to generations would have been, hey, this happened, and that's what it is. But thankfully, because of their obedience, they were able to pass down a story of God's faithfulness. They were able to pass down a story of triumph and not the trials. Obedience was key. Obedience is super important to walking into the more that God has for us, which is why, again, I'm going to go over these three points as to how we can carry out what God has for us. Number one, in us walking in our more, it requires us to change our focus. Sometimes when we talk about our gifts and what God has for us, we get so consumed with ourselves. But changing our focus is not putting the focus on us. It's putting our focus on what God says and his people not ourselves. Again, changing your focus means putting it on the Lord and putting it on his people so that they can receive what he has for them. Amen? Second, we must live with the future in mind. Now, going back to the passage, if the Israelites had just stopped at lamenting or didn't even lament, then the story that would have been passed on would have been, man, we got beat up and we lost. But that's not where the story ended. The story ended with them praising God for what he had done. And because of that, 
the generations that came after them had an amazing story to pass on. The same will go for our own obedience. If we say yes to what God is calling us to do, the ones that come after us will have an amazing story to share. And lastly, we must be people who speak to the more and others. Now, in the beginning of my message, I shared that I had this immaculate plan of becoming the president of my school. Now, to give you guys a quick fast-forward story, my senior year of high school, I not only ran for president, your girl actually won, which is cool because I ended up being the first African-American female president in my school's history, which was pretty awesome. Where it starts is not necessarily when what I did, but what it was what my principal did. She spoke to the more in me. She didn't focus on herself. She actually was living in the future in mind by speaking to myself, by speaking to me. Many of you here in this room have the same thing. God's been tugging on your heart, been telling you to share that idea, go and apply for that job, start that business, but you keep letting the lies of the past hold you back from the future. And church, I wanna, I wanna leave you with this. What will you pass down to those amazing kids here? And if it ain't these kids here, what's the next generation gonna say about you? Will it be a story of obedience or will it be a story of fear? The choice is yours today. God bless you. Let's make some noise. Give God praise for Allie. And would you help me welcome from East County. They call him Philly Ice. Feel the power, Eisenhower. Phil, come on, man. Woo! Good morning, Rock Church family. How you doing? It is an absolute privilege for me to be here with you guys this morning, be part of this family. Uh, for those, or as Travis has said, my name is Phil. I'm our East County youth pastor. And, and yeah, that's right. And when I think about this idea of, of more as we close out this series and the call to, to commission, I find myself thinking about my kids. You see, my wife and I, we have three boys at home. And, and most specifically, when I think more and I think commission, I, I think, think about my seven-month-old son. His name is Jonah. And, and he's so funny. He's such a fun stage of life. He's really curious. He's alert. He's active. He's trying to move around. And, and just the other day, I walked into the, the living room. There he was. He was laying on the floor playing with his little football toy. And, and I called out to him immediately when I saw him. I said, Jonah, Jonah. And he looks up at me right away with this big beaming smile on his face. I said, son, come here. Come on. And, and next thing you know, he pops up on his hands and knees. And I'm like, he's going to crawl. This is amazing. Yes. And, and he starts to rock. Right back and forth on his hands and knees. And I'm like, yeah, come on, son, you can do it. Go. And the next thing you know, he's just rocking back and forth and he just lays down. <laughs> My dude. But in that moment, I find myself drawing near to my son, literally getting down with him face to face and saying, son, I see you. It's okay. Try it again. Get back up. And he looks up at me with these eyes of just like, dad, I just don't know. I'm not sure. I think sometimes when we think about God calling us and commissioning us for more, we're like, God, I don't know. I'm just not sure. But I'm here to tell you today, family, that God is calling and commissioning you for more. Amen? And here's the thing. There's three things I want to share with you. First is this. God is a God of invitation. God is a God of action. And God is a God of second chances. So if you got your Bible, go to Jonah chapter 3. Jonah chapter 3. And as you get there, here's what you need to know. Jonah is also an Old Testament prophet. In Scripture, in, in chapter 1, the word of the Lord comes to him. And, it, and the Lord says, I need you to go proclaim this message to the people in Nineveh. He's like, oh, you do? Cool. I'm out. He says, no. And he runs from the presence of the Lord. 
And over a series of events, you see him, he gets thrown off a, a boat, and he gets swallowed by a big fish. And we find him here, chapter 3, verse 1, having just been spit upon the dry ground. So chapter 3, verse 1, it says this. It says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. According to the word of the Lord. First thing is this, family, simply you have to remember is that God is a God of invitation. Invitation, verse 2, he's simply saying, arise, stand up, emerge, step into what I'm calling you into. Every single day of our lives, God is inviting each and every single one of us to arise and step into life that is happening right here, right now. Right? And here's the thing. Um, he goes on and, and Jesus, he, he models this for us so much that he would come and he lays down his life for us, Jesus Christ. And because of that, he invites us to an opportunity where we can arise into life. He was beaten. He was whipped. He was nailed to the cross. He died. He was placed in the grave. But here's the thing. The grave couldn't hold him down. And from a place of victory, God invites us every single day, family, to arise and step into life. Arise and step into life. And here's the thing. It doesn't end there. Because the second thing is this, is God is a God of action. God is a God of action. For Jonah, it was go and and proclaim this message to these people. What is that for you? Where is that for you every single day of your life? Because Christ in you, that's the hope of glory. Christ in you, that's the hope of glory. And we have the opportunity to go and share that with the people and the places around us. Maybe it's a, a friend. Maybe it's a, a coworker, a family member that needs to know about God's grace in their life. And we've been called and commissioned to go and share that. The Apostle Paul puts it this way in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. He says, hey, for I know the, the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Ephesians 2, 10, he says, for you're my workmanship. You're my workmanship, creating Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You're his workmanship. He has something for you to do. He has commission for your life. He has more for your life. And every single day he's calling us into that. My friend Antonio, I love this guy, he, he, um, he drives around all over um, East County, San Diego County, and on his little dashboard, he has a three-by-five card, and it simply says this, it says, how can I bring the kingdom of God and the love of Christ to the places I go? Literally, everywhere he goes, he's driving around the county, how can I bring the kingdom of God and the love of Christ to the places I go? So that's my, my question, my challenge to you today is, God's commissioned us for more, how can we bring the kingdom of God and the love of Christ to the places we go. And the third thing is this, is God is a God of second chances. God's got second chances. Chapter 3, verse 1, it says this. If you read it too quick, you'll miss it. But it says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. The second time. Maybe you're sitting in your seat today, and what you need to know is that God is a God of second chances. He sees you. He loves you. His heart's for you. He's inviting each and every single one of us every day to arise and go. And he reminds us, I have grace for your journey. I have grace for your journey and for the, the journey of the people around you. Because God's grace was on the people, or God's grace was on Jonah's life. God's grace was on the people at Nineveh. And I pray today you would see God's grace on your life as well. Because there, there I am with my son in the living room last week. And, and he's a little frustrated. I'm like, oh, should I get up? Can I get up? I'm not sure. And I get down there with him. I find myself right alongside of him at this point. I'm like, son, get up. You can do it. And I help him back up. 
on his hands and knees. And I'm inviting him. I said, son, come on, come this way. And, and I show him. I start to show him. My left hand up, right, followed by your knee. And, and he starts to rock again. He's rocking. And then I look over. He's right there. And then one hand up, followed by his knee. And then the next hand, followed by his next knee. And then next thing you know, family, my son and I are literally crawling all over the living room of our house. And here's the thing. That was last week. This week, we can't even keep him in the living room. He is truly everywhere, all over the house. He's in the dining room. He's in the bathroom. That's gross. Get out of the bathroom. But he's everywhere. We can't, we can't stop him. And he's like, Dad, look what I can do. Let me show you what I can do. Every single day of our lives, family, we need to be reminded that our lives speak. And our God is inviting us every day to arise and step into life. And Jesus is saying, believe in me. In me is everlasting life. Believe in me, arise and step into that. And then he says, go, because I'm a God of action. He calls us to go and share that. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The world needs to know it. And then he, he, and then he says this. He says, I'm a God of second chances. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Family, God has commissioned us for more. Let's go show the world. Hey, let's show some love. Give God praise for fill the power. And would you help me welcome to the podium all the way from City Heights, Ty. Amen, amen, amen. Let's go, family. How you guys doing? Good as he said. My name is Ty. I'm a youth pastor at the City Heights campus. Shout out, City Heights. So good, so good. You guys have heard a word um, said this morning already. I'm sure you'll hear it a couple more times today is commission. Everyone say commission. I like to say co-mission because it's a cooperative mission that God is leading you in and to or he's commissioning you to, right? But he sent the Holy Spirit to walk with you in and through. That makes sense? So when I think of the word commission, I'm just like, you know what? I think about the days when I, before I became a youth pastor, I used to be in real estate. I was buying, sell houses all over San Diego. Um, and God was doing some amazing things in my life. I remember so vividly I was, we had four projects going at one time, and, and there, was, there was some awesome trials and, you know, some things that were good, some things that were bad, drywall that was rotting, and some plumbing that was going crazy. But at the end of the day, I was on my way to a project in, in the college area. I remember so vividly, God spoke to me, and he said, I want you in full-time ministry. And I'm driving, and I was, I just swore, I was like, what, Lord? Like, you want me where? And I was like, Lord, I, I thought I was doing what you called me to do. Like, you're blessing my family. We live in San Diego. It's expensive, right? And I'm here, and I, I thought I was doing what you called me to do. I'm blessing families and buying houses, and things are great. A couple weeks later, a good friend of mine, I'm in my RR group, and he says to me there's something similar. He says, Ty, I feel like you're supposed to be in youth ministry, full-time ministry. I'm like, brother, not you too. Like, what's happening right now? Like, what's going on, Right? And I, I'm saying this because I believe that God may be speaking something to your lives as well. What is God calling you to? That your response right now is, what, God? Right here, right now, me? I'm not sure. There's no way, right? If you guys have your Bibles, you can open it with me to the, to the book of Hosea. Hosea, if you guys aren't sure where that's at, it's at the, in the Old Testament, about 12 books in from the end. Hosea is not a familiar book, right? When I first heard the name Hosea, I thought it was a woman's name. I'm going to be honest with you guys, right? Um, only those who are laughing are those Bible scholars that know. But then actually when I read through Scripture, I started reading and I saw 
the name Gomer. And I was like, that definitely is not a woman's name. And sure enough, I was wrong in both cases. But nonetheless, um, we're going to read Hosea 1, verse 2. It says, when the Lord began to speak by Hosea, but actually in the New Living Translation, it says, speaking to Israel through Hosea, right? I want to make sure you guys catch that. Through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, go take yourself a wife of harlotry and the children of harlotry, for the, the land has committed great harlotry in departing from the Lord. See, the book of Hosea is about a prophet by the name of Hosea that was called to marry a woman that would be un intentionally unfaithful to him many times over, right? Many times over. And what it was, it was, it was a prophetic act of how God wanted to restore his people of Israel and Judah as they, too, were faithful many times over, right? So it's a prophetic act of what God wanted to do to restore his people, but Hosea had to do it first, so it will be shown. We're going to go over three points today. One is recognize God wants more for your life, right? Point two is recognize, I mean, represent, I'm sorry, God more with your life. And point three is rejoice more as God works through your life. When you, when you think about recognizing God more, do you recognize that God wants more for you or he's trying to take more away from you? Oftentimes we think of, but God, if I'm a Christian, I really go after this call that you have for my life. I'm not going to be able to do X, Y, and Z. The funny thing is you fail to realize if you don't walk in what God has for your life, you're not going to be able to do X, Y, Z. And then start back over, A, B, C, D, right? A lot of things change. They say, seek first the kingdom of God and everything will be given to you after, right? Not the other way around. So if you recognize what God has for your life, it's a little bit different. Point two, represent. Everyone say represent. I like to say represent. I tell my students all the time, how are you representing Jesus in your, in your walk? How are you representing him to whoever you come in contact with? I pray that you, you look at that word a little different now because it's hard to represent someone that you don't know. It's hard to represent something that you just know of and you don't know personally, right? As Pastor Phil said, we're inviting you into an invitation to accept God's grace, his love, and his mercy, right? My two-year-old son, it's, I love this little boy so much, he came to me and said, Daddy, are you going to be a pastor today? And I was like, hold on, brother. I know you're talking about me going to, to work, but I dug a little deeper and I was like, that he's, he's referring, well, what I'm going to dig out of this is, is am I going to walk in the calling that God has for my life today? Right? Because some of us are like, yeah, God, you have me here, but I'm only going to say what's convenient and comfortable for, for me and my surroundings. See, if you, have a, if you have a light switch type faith, you turn it off when it's, when it's not convenient for you, but you leave it on when you look cool when you go to church. Right? So I want to encourage you, don't have a light switch type faith. Right? Keep it on. Keep the light on. Right? Keep the light on. Don't play games, family. You may have heard this, this saying before, don't tell a big dream to a small-minded person. Right? So as you're, as you're pursuing God's heart and trying to represent him well, I want to say, share it like this. Don't tell a God-sized vision to a small-minded person or a person with limited lens. Right? If you don't, if you, if you tell a person something that God has told you and they don't know who God is, they're going to always tell you, I don't think that's a good idea. Because it does not align with God's will for your life. Right? Third point, I want to just, just bring it home with rejoice more as God works 
through your life. Family, we all have something to rejoice over. So why don't we, right? I'm sure many of us are sitting here today because something, God moved a mountain in your life and you're able to sit there today and say, you know what, God, thank you for getting me to church today. I woke up this morning and it was difficult for me to get to church. My kids were crying. My, I couldn't find an outfit. I had to get gas. I almost ran out of gas. There's so many things that happen that God is telling you, I got you. Don't worry. For myself, family, as I walked away from my, my career in real estate and chased after what God had me in youth ministry, I've been able to see deliverance, salvation, forgiveness, marriages restored, families, families just restored and come back together, suicidal students that were like, you know what, God, I don't know if I want to live anymore. I was like, yes, you do. Your identity is not in your circumstance, but it's in the Jesus Christ himself. Amen? I'm letting you guys know that God is doing a mighty work in and through your heart if you allow him to. There's a song that I've heard. Even when you don't see it, he's working. And even when you don't feel it, he's working. I want to let you guys know, answer God's commission for your life. Say yes, because you will never be disappointed. God bless you. Let's give God praise for Ty. And would you help me welcome all the way to the podium from San Isidro down south, Jake Latuli Gasanoa. God is good, family. Hey, my name is Jake Latulingasno. I'm the youth director down in San Isidro. Hey, shout out to San Isidro celebrating five years as a campus today. That's what I'm talking about. God is so good. Hey, I would be a fool to not be in Point Loma and do this. So if you have your Bibles with me, on the count of three, we're going to lift them up. We're going to say word. One, two, three. Word. That's right. Hey, turn with me to Jonah chapter one. We're going to be in verse 14 through 17. While you're getting there, I want to tell you a little bit about myself when I was younger. I don't remember a lot of my elementary years, but I do remember third grade with Ms. Quo. And the reason why I remember third grade with Ms. Quo is because I entered into that class reading at a first grade reading level. It was embarrassing. I mean, we would read books for an hour and then have to report on them. And I would just be there like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I turned to my friend Darren and go, I have no idea what I'm reading. You need to help me. And so it, it was a struggle. Ms. Quo saw that. And so she would take me aside every Monday of my third grade year. And instead of going to recess, I would have to stay in the classroom with Ms. Quo reading books. Now, I love Ms. Quo. Short little Asian lady, always smelled really good. But I had to sacrifice my recess time to read books with you? It was, it was super uncomfortable. At the same time, I didn't know this is what's happening. Ms. Quo wasn't trying to give me the status quo. She was commissioning me for more as a third grader. As a third grader, come on. At the end of that year, I was able to read at a fifth grade reading level. God is good. So we're going to take a look at Jonah, and we're going to be reminded of how God is going to work in his life. So a little bit of context before you go. Jonah is running away from the Lord, doesn't want anything to do with him. He finds himself in a boat getting rocked by the waters, and the boat crew fi figures out it's his fault. So now they have to toss him out of the boat, and that's where we leave off here. 14, it says... Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. Oh, Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin. And don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh, Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea. And the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power. And they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. 
Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. There are three things that God wants to remind us of today. It's the same things that Ms. Quo reminded me of. It's the same things that God reminded Jonah of. And it's going to be the same three things that God is going to remind you of today. Here are the three things. One, God knows where you are. Two, God knows where he wants to take you. And three, God will provide a way for you to get there. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and kick it off with number one. I was telling you about my friend Darren. We would often play hide and seek inside Ms. Quo's room. But Darren had a breathing problem. So everywhere that he hid, all you heard was... <sighs> there is nowhere, there is nowhere Darren's going where I don't know where he is. It's impossible for him to hide. Much like Jonah and much like us, we cannot hide from God no matter how far we try to run. Even in our stubbornness and even in our disobedience, that will never outweigh the power of God's commissioning on our lives. Number two, God knows where he wants to take you. It's almost like going to see a movie that everybody wants to see before everyone else. And then you go the next week with your friends and you're not watching the movie, you're watching your friends. Like, oh my gosh, you're going to love this part. Or it's going to like, wow, he's going to die and you're going to cry. But you know what's going to go on before your friends know. That's much like God. He has a plan for your life already. More than you already know. God knows your passions and your desires before you even realize that you have passions and desires. And number three, God will provide a way for you to get there. Back in Jonah 17, it says, Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. I am thoroughly convinced that it's not a whale. You know why? Because I Googled it. That's right. Your boy Googled it. All right? And after much reading, I conclude that it is not a whale. Okay? Because if you so happen to get past all the razor-sharp teeth and the stomach acids, that brother's definitely not coming out of the whale ready to preach the gospel to Nineveh. All right, this, this was a great fish. It was designed, it was created, it was fashioned by God for Jonah at this specific time to take Jonah from where he was to where God wanted him to be. God provided a way for Jonah to get there. Come on. And so now I'm standing there and I realize now what Miss Quo did for me. She saw me struggling reading the books. She knew where I was. She had a goal for me. She knew where she wanted to take me. And those Mondays at recess, grueling as it is, was a way that she provided in order for me to get there. Now, Pastor Miles has wanted us to speak words onto our church. And I feel like I have a couple words for us tonight. No matter, no matter where you are in this room or across the campuses, some of you are struggling with your relationships. Maybe your marriage is on the rocks. Maybe you just got divorced or you've just been single for the longest time. And you're feeling like, God, I'm unlovable. That is a lie from the enemy. God knows where you are. God knows where he wants to take you. And God will provide a way for you to get there. Some of us are struggling with fear, anxiety. Some of us are crippling fear. You don't know what to do. God, are you ever going to deliver me from this? You're not going to deliver. You're not a God. That's a lie. God knows where you are. God knows where he wants to take you. And God is going to provide a way for you to get there. There are some of us in this room. You're not saved. You're not a Christian. You just came because your friend invited you. 
And it's okay. You feel like God is pulling, is, is calling you, is commissioning you to do more. But you just want to stand there. God, I don't even know if you can use me. You don't even know my past. That is a lie. God knows where you are. God knows where he wants to take you. And God is going to provide a way for you to get there. And last thing. Some of us have been going to this church. But you know God is commissioning you to do so much more than what you're doing right now. And I know you have doubts. God, you will never use me. I can never have the impact that so-and-so has. Get that garbage out of your mind. God knows where you are. God knows where he wants to take you. And God will provide a way for you to get there. So right here in Point Loma and all across the campuses and online and microsites, listen to me. Look at me right now. No matter where you go, no matter how hard you try to hide, no matter what you think about yourself or what the enemy's pouring into you, God knows where you are. God knows where he wants to take you. And God will provide a way for you to get there. Let's praise God for what he's doing this morning. Amen. In a moment, I'm going to pray. We're going to open up an opportunity for some of you all across the campus, wherever you are, to say, God, I'm tired of living this life. God, I want to be transformed by your power. I want more of you. Jesus, I want to decrease in who I am and increase in who you are. Or God, I want to trust you for the first time. I'm done. Take my life. Use it as yours. And so right now, across all the campuses in here, go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. Let me pray for you. With our eyes closed and our heads bowed, I want you to know a couple things. Jesus came to this earth. God came down to be man. He lived the life that we should have lived, and he died the death that we deserved. He later resurrected and so freely purchased the freedom that is ours today. And if that's you, if that's you, if you want that freedom, if you're saying, God, I just want you now, I want to be more, commission me, create me, call me, Jesus, I just want a relationship with you. Eyes closed, heads bowed. Pray this prayer in the privacy of your heart. Saying, Father, I need you. Jesus, I know you died for my sin. Jesus, I trust you with everything that I have. Lord, I repent and I place my trust 100% in you. Eyes closed, heads bowed. If that's you here in this campus or across all the campuses, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet in a little bit. Don't be afraid. Be bold. Remember, regardless of what you feel right now, God knows where you're at. God knows where he wants to take you. And God will provide a way for you to get there. On the count of three, I want you to stand up. One two, three. Go ahead and stand up to your feet.